Warning, listener discretion advised. A slut with morals is explicit in every way. The following episode contains material that refers to sexual assault, domestic violence, suicide, mental illness, and it contains persuasive language. If any of these things do trigger you, stop listening now, or listen with a friend. If any of these things do not trigger you, please enjoy the show. Three, two, one. Hey guys, welcome to the 59th episode of A Slut With Morals. I'm your curvilicious host, Ruby May. If you're new here, welcome to a podcast of chaos where I talk a little about everything and anything. A little bit of sex, a little bit of dating. Today's sponsor is Lexus Custom Shop. LKS offers a variety of personalized gifts for everyone you know. Tumblers, dominoes, gift sets, and so on. Follow on IG at Lexus Custom Shop 214 or Facebook at LKS 214. You can also shop on Etsy at Lexus Custom Shop and mention Ruby May and receive 10% off your first order. I'll be posting both links in the description below and also tagging Lexi all across social media. So keep a lookout for Lexi because we are collaborating on a few merch items that hopefully will be ready before Halloween. So another huge shout out to all the silent sponsors for this episode because today is going to be different. Today is going to be a heavier episode, a little bit more controversial, where I usually give sex advice. Today I'm giving you sexual health and protection information. There are serious things going on politically that I can't ignore anymore. And so if you didn't come here for the political, that's fine. Stay for the sex ed because it has come to my attention that there are people out there that think that when a woman ovulates and drops an egg while ovulating, that the egg has a fucking shell. So, and there are men out there that think a woman can just hold it in when she's bleeding while on her period or that, you know, a woman can just pee out all of her blood and then just end her period. If you're not face palming by now, or I'm introducing new things to you, this is the episode you need to listen to. If you have sons, this may be the episode they need to listen to. I'll be keeping the cussing at a minimum. If you don't want to listen to the Roe v. Wade part of the episode, go ahead and skip forward. But this is why sexual education is so important. A lot of you didn't have sex ed. A lot of your parents let TV raise you or think porn would teach you about your body and about sex. Or if you're like my mother, caught you masturbating and instead of telling you that, telling you about sex and teaching you about sex, they told you you were sexually immoral and that you were going to hell for enjoying your body. Or maybe you're in a state where all they did was teach you about abstinence, which is crazy to me because the states that teach abstinence have the highest teen pregnancies and abortion rates. And today, helping me talk about this is a fan favorite, Jessica. Hey, girl. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been, I had my issue, you had your issue, and now we're here. So we're Girl, good. I had one issue. You had like seven. Okay, no. So yeah, I, okay, so those of you that know, I'm a crystal queen now, and I ordered from this company that kind of like just, you, it's like a mystery box, and so it just kind of sends you whatever crystals, you know, they get in a scoop or whatever. And so in one of my scoops, I got like 70 pieces of rose quartz. And if you don't know, rose quartz is like for self-love, self-confidence, self-healing. But it also, you know, it helps bring love into your life. And I had one ex, if you guys don't remember, his name is Buckass. He's from like episode, I don't know, five, maybe. 
And he came back into my life. And Jessica, I told you everything. I told you everything that happened. I told you, you know, and I was like, what the hell? And then an ex from like a year ago also popped back into my life. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And then I was dating someone I absolutely should not have dated that I was definitely getting feelings for. And then I was also, I guess I still am dating someone else. You know, it's, it's been, it's been interesting. So I was like, okay, I need to get rid of all this rose quartz because no. Um, So I am selling those on my Instagram. If anyone is interested, I've cleansed them. They're pure. Now you are allowed to have them just take them (laughs) out of my hands. Like I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, I've been telling her she needs to just get rid of all of them. And guess what I got in my package, guys? I got two rose quartz from Ruby. <laughs> I did. I was selling my makeup and I sent her some rose quartz because I was like, just get the get this the fuck out of my life. Like, I'm good on this shit. So my issues have been cleared up and my big main issue has been cleared up. It sounds like you're clearing up an STD. Go figure. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> kind of you know (laughs) love is contagious bro like right right what is that I love that quote that's like love will fuck you up more than drugs ever could it's true it's true I literally just did an episode on if love is is an addiction if can you be addicted to falling in love so that that episode killed me dude that episode like look (laughs) I just read the title and I was like all right Ruby like I get it (laughs) yeah and believe it or not that was that was a um a suggestion suggest it was a suggestion from my issue so yeah I already felt what I was feeling and I grieved it and I'm still grieving it it's you know going through that process but yeah it's it's done and over with I'm ready to move on oh I'm glad you're back babe I missed you thank you thank you so Jessica you live in a state that's essentially like fuck the other 49 states and your supreme court right basically i mean i was just talking to someone about that today we kind of do our own thing i mean we still of course are part of the u.s so we do follow you know whatever the u.s is doing but we definitely kind of stick to ourselves we're very very close-knit family-based you know so yes we're definitely like fuck the system when we can it killed me when you told me that for me not to be mad at myself for not remembering that we're what six hours five hours ahead texas is five no hours ahead saving time. yeah and no daylight <laughs> savings time and then you were like yeah girl this chick hit me up and she didn't even know hawaii was part of america and i was like what yeah poor thing she was totally like oh i thought you were like part of the u.s but you're in a foreign country i'm like uh what uh, we are the 50th state sweetie like yeah <laughs> So, I mean, but there's people out in the U.S. that think we still live in little grass shacks. So, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think you know, huts on the beach is a huge thing. Like, people really do believe you guys believe in huts. I mean, live in huts. No, All guys, right. those are usually the homeless community. I'm just saying. But you yeah. know what? They live big out here, so. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. So, I looked up Roe v. Wade in layman's terms because I feel like when I read medical or legal jargon, it kind of, it, it's kind of hard to put into more simplistic terms. So I'm going to do my best. The legal definition of Roe v. Wade is in 1973, it was established that a woman's right to have an abortion without 
undue restrictive interference from the government, right? So the court held that a woman's right to decide for herself to bring or not bring a pregnancy to term is guaranteed under the 14th Amendment. So a Texas law prohibiting abortions has been challenged by an unmarried pregnant woman, and the court ruled in her favor, finding that the state had violated her right to privacy in attempting to balance the state's rights against the rights of the individual. Justice Harry A. Blackman held that the state's legitimate interest in protecting potential life increased as the pregnancy advanced, right? So while allowing that the state may forbid abortions during the third trimester, Blackman wrote that a woman is entitled to obtain an abortion freely after consultation with a doctor. So in the first trimester and in an authorized clinic in the second trimester. And in Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization decided on June 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade as well as Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey, which upheld Roe. What does that mean for women's health care now? So despite the court's rather disingenuous attempt at isolating the Dobbs decision from the myriad of cases that clearly are implicated in this decision, meaning, you know, the impact of this case will be catastrophic across our democracy generally, but for women in particular. So the court overtly ignores the fact that its decision immediately wrought enormous trauma to women's lives all across our country. Women in states with trigger laws are suddenly rendered politically powerless to take care of their own health. Second, healthcare providers across the country are now scrambling to understand whether and how to treat women with life endangering healthcare situations. And finally, the long-term implications for understanding the status of women as citizens in the democracy in which they live has now been undermined. So pretty much this has set back our country about 50 years. And you guys, I have to tell a little bit of a sad story. In October of 2018, after just having my young, my youngest, I found out that I was pregnant. I was excited and scared and, you know, like I got a scan, I got my ultrasound and it showed I was about four weeks pregnant. A month later, when I should have been set at, when I should have been 10 weeks, the fetus was showing at only seven weeks. At 12 weeks, it was still showing at seven weeks and there was no heartbeat. But my body was still preparing for a baby, right? My uterus was growing. I was showing. I was producing even more milk because I was still pumping for my youngest. And I was so confused. Like, why were my hormones still showing? I was at 14 weeks, but the baby was dead. My doctor, who I love and I trust, was very good at breaking the news to me. I had what's called a missed miscarriage. Essentially, my body didn't know that I had a miscarried and I could do two things. One, go home and let it happen naturally. Or two, I could abort it. And to be honest, I should have chosen option two because I could have aborted it there at the clinic uh, because at 14 weeks, the week before Christmas, I had began contracting. My body had gone into labor. My oldest was in the bathroom with me when I started bleeding. And I told my ex I needed to go to the hospital. But he looked at me from the mirror, blood on the floor, on my thighs, my hands. And he said, oh, I have to go to work. So I called my sister-in-law. I put a pad on my panties and she came to watch the girls and I drove myself to the hospital. Contracting, I had laid a towel down 
on the seat of my truck and it didn't stop the blood, right? I parked, made it to the front of the hospital. Blood was now filling my boots. And when I saw the blood on the floor of the hospital that I had been leaking, I didn't want to move because I was embarrassed and I was crying and I was embarrassed for bleeding on the floor of the hospital. The registration woman took one look at me, saw the blood and called the right people. I was wheeled away and taken for an emergency DNC. Looking back, I would have saved myself and my oldest that trauma because she still remembers. There are many stories like mine, some worse, some not so scary or traumatic. But the worst part about coming home once I was discharged was climbing into a truck that wasn't just stained. It smelled like death. I was going home and seeing all the new baby stuff I had to give away. I was showing up to my doctor appointment four weeks after for a checkup and the bitch of a front desk lady said, I'm sorry, ma'am, this clinic only sees pregnant women. And I had to say, yeah, I was pregnant. But this is why healthcare providers are scrambling to find different ways to go about cases like mine. There's ectopic pregnancies and pregnancies where the placenta detaches or babies with encephaly, which are babies born without brains who can't properly be given birth to because their head won't be able to handle the journey of going through the birth canal. And then imagine going all 40 weeks of pregnancy and people asking you about your baby and you can't answer the questions because you know as soon as it's born, it's dead. So this next part is where you're like, okay, this is the sex education part. And, oh, and actually, Jessica, I'm going to say this really uh, funny thing is that there is a woman. (laughs) So a judge here in Texas has actually kind of like said, no, like abortions are still elite, are still legal here in Texas. It's this judge in Harris County that was like, no, you guys have a right to abortion. And she is just phenomenal. But then... (laughs) This other lady, this pregnant lady, was riding through the HOV lane. And this proves a huge point to Oh, I saw this. This woman here in Texas, pregnant, is riding through the HOV lane. Cop pulls her over. Cop is like, okay, it's you. Is there anyone else in the car? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, who is it? And he's like looking in the backseat. And she's like, right here. And he looks at her and he's like dumbfounded. And she goes, I'm pregnant. And he's like you're just one person. And she said, according to the law, I'm two people, me and the baby. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. I'm going (laughs) to write you a ticket, show up to the court and fight it. And I bet you they'll let you off. Yeah. They were like, he was like, (laughs) they'll let you off. And she goes, okay. So this lady is lawyered up. She's 36 weeks pregnant, I believe. She's lawyered up and she's just like, yup. She's like, there's no way I'm getting this. Yup. She was like, yup. So I am super proud of her because yeah, you know, you can't go for the HOV lane, baby. Go for the HOV lane. Yeah. I had a friend that was like, good job, guys. Good job. You just pissed off all the women in the world. Like, what were you thinking? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, oh so yeah. I know you brought up I know you brought up Hawaii for a reason. And you know, one of the state judges here, he was like, it means nothing legally for Hawaii. 
all the decisions said ultimately is that abortion is a decision for the states to decide. Hawaii became the first state in the country to legalize abortions in 1970. Mm -hmm. And that was three years before the Supreme Court's landmark Roe versus Wade. So our governor was like, this is extreme, it's outrageous, it's a huge step backwards for women's rights. He said, despite the ruling, I can assure you that women in Hawaii will continue to have access to the healthcare they need. And that includes abortion. He said in a statement, Hawaii law already protects the right of individuals to make their own deeply personal reproductive health decisions, including the right to seek abortion care. I will do everything in my power to ensure that women retain control over their own reproductive choices. Oh, so as we stand, yes. So as we stand, our governor is like, look, we're not, we're not changing shit. Like you guys, no, that's kind of how it is here. Anytime they try to do anything crazy, Hawaii is like, no, like we have our rights. And I mean, there were protests out here. It was amazing to really see the community coming together. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, and in America, women didn't have rights. Women weren't even seen as women until 1920. They weren't seen as citizens. Yeah. They weren't seen as a person until 1920. You know, it's, it's I, just, I feel that it's just crazy that we had to fight so much just for them to bring back church back into our laws. And what's crazy about that is that not everyone in America has the same religion. You know, they right. have to they have to separate church and state. It's almost like making a law because you felt it in your heart. Yeah. You know I had I mean? to unfollow this woman I was following. I won't, I won't mention her, her page, but she, she, she's, she's a devout Christian. And I, I loved a lot of her posts and things like that, but she was just celebrating this ruling. And, you know, my thing is, and I haven't heard anyone speak on it or like, what would you really say? But, you know, they talk about the, the little girls who get raped. And they expect these little girls to carry these babies to term. And I'm like, I want you who are celebrating this ruling to go tell that little girl that she has to do this. I saw this. I saw this TikTok. It was this African-American man. And he goes, all right, you guys, it's up to us to consensually get their daughters pregnant. Because if we get their daughters pregnant enough, they will re-legalize abortion. And I was like, fuck. Holy shit. And by their daughters, he meant like the Supreme Courts. You know what I mean? Yes. I know. It's it's always okay until it's one of their own. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, Exactly. And we have to look at all of the people that are on the Supreme Court and are in Congress who they had mistresses and they they paid for abortions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because a lot of them were young girls in their 20s and they had to pay for their abortions and so not saying that these abortions were forced or anything i have no idea what what went into context with it but yeah like you can't say abortion is wrong when you're under the table paying for these abortions you know right right and all these men that are acting like they're not affected nobody you, you definitely affected y'all y'all pull out game better be on point y'all better be stocking up on condoms like yeah because plan b is going to be a contraceptive that may or may not no longer be available bad. in the future yep. and yep. i was actually talking to my daughter about this you know my oldest my oldest is very very into politics and stuff and i don't know where she got that from i'm not really into politics i'm you know her dad is so probably her dad but 
she was like, mom, what do you think holds for our future? And I looked at her and I said, mass suicides, mass Mm. suicides, because there's going to be people out there that, and I know that this is, this is the controversial part. Okay. But there's going to be young men out there that something happens probably won't even know if they're the father or not, but they're being called the father and they're going to be put on child support that they won't be able to pay. Yep. There's going to be women out there that are on these roads to, I mean, and everyone's like, well, you can always just give up the baby for adoption. Well, a lot of the times what happens during pregnancy is you become attached to the fetus and then you can't give up the baby for pregnancy. But what happens with all of the children that are already in foster care there's over 420,000 kids in foster care there's over I think it's like 14 million children if I'm correct hold on let me let me look at this really fast how many kids are starving in America according to save the children today there are an estimated 17 million children struggling with hunger in America 6 million more than before the pandemic and 2.7 million more families are going hungry million so what are they doing? If, if this was about the children, those issues would be taken care of. Yep. There would not be kids going home hungry after school or during yep. the summer having to line up at their school to just be able to get breakfast and lunch. And a lot of kids can't do that because can't do that because their parents are at work. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just a lot going on. And it is so crazy that if people said, this is about the children. This isn't about the children. This is about repopulating the United States after a pandemic that wiped out, I think, how many people died? Like 2 million people? Yeah. That's what they're doing in my head. This is this is all obviously. We can't even afford the people we have now. Exactly. You know, and, and to touch on, you know, talking about the, the suicides and things like that because of abortion or not being able to have an abortion. Or, it's already happening when abortion was legal. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who still were going through these mental health issues or, you know, people like women using the babies against the men or vice versa. And that was happening when abortion was legal. Can you yeah. imagine now that it's not like you took away these people's choices? No, no, it's going to be way worse, way worse. than um, I know that. People in, think oh, absolutely. And I know that in some states, they're no longer offering IUDs or the bar that you can get implanted in your arm. Um, yep, they were saying doctors are scared. Doctors are scared of repercussions. They don't know what's right and what's wrong right now. Exactly. And the really, really shitty part is that there are people out there that have certain body systems where birth control is their only way to help set their body right, right? There's there's polycystic ovarian syndrome. There's endometriosis. There's, I mean, there's so many things out there that birth control helps. It's not just for keeping your, your keeping you from having babies. No, it's because there are blood clot diseases out there that birth control will help maintain it or, or lessen the symptoms. I mean, there was a girl that was on, on TikTok and she said, my birth control is no longer available to me. They have to take it out and I have to travel to another state because if I don't, I will die. She said, I get blood clots, huge blood clots in my brain. And my birth control is the only one that helps me. So everyone that's like, oh, well, just don't have sex. Okay, well, this is also about married people 
because everyone thinks that if you have an abortion or something, it's because you're a slut. There are people out there that are married and they're having abortions because they already have two, three kids. They can't afford to bring in a third or a fourth one into their family. They already know that they're borderline poverty. Yep. Or let's talk about the wanting to tie your tubes at a young age. You have to jump through hoops. I to get wanted, absolutely. I wanted to tie my tubes after my youngest was born. And had I, I wouldn't have had that missed miscarriage. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have gone through that trauma. But my doctor said, and although I love her, she said, what if your husband wants to have another baby? And I was like, trust me, he doesn't want any more kids. And I don't either. Like, I'm not that I don't want any more kids, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be with him much longer. Literally, I said that to my doctor and she was like, okay, well, what if you meet someone that does want to have kids? And I was like, ooh, shit, you know what? You're right. Maybe he can give me a son. Like, <laughs> I know that that's fucked up, but I've always wanted a son. Like, I've always wanted to have a little boy. I want a little boy too. I really do. And like right now, I think I, I almost think I'm premenopausal. Like I've already missed two cycles. I'm just like, I don't know if it's going to happen for me. And it's interesting because, you know, just to share a little bit about myself, I had a similar story with yours. Um, my first pregnancy, I was about four weeks pregnant when I found out. And then I went back a week later because, you know, they do the blood test to see if your hormones are rising. And the doctors basically told me the same thing. He's like, it's not growing. You know, it's, it, we're going to remove it. So they opted in just straight DNC. They didn't give me the option for the pill. I don't know if it just wasn't available. I don't know. And um, the traumatic part for me is my abusive donor didn't believe me. He wouldn't go to the hospital with me. He, yeah. he would not go. And as you know, the DNC is very painful. It, mm -hmm. It's it's not, I mean, it was traumatic for me. It was the first time I ever had anything done. And, you know, so after that, then I had my daughter, healthy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then I've been pregnant twice after that. And I chose not to have those children. And it wasn't like I wasn't being careful. Accidents happen, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, for me, I can't see bringing in another child into the world who's going to suffer in any way, shape, or form. And I felt like my daughter deserved my attention. She deserved my all. She deserved me being there for her mm -hmm. and not dividing the attention. And, you know, one of my friends, I had two friends who were talking me through it and they were like, one of them was like, you can do this. I'll support you. We'll make it work. Right. And the other one was like, hey, so... Remember Christmas last year when you, you couldn't get your daughter the gifts you wanted to get her? She was like, now imagine two kids. You know, I couldn't even afford the daughter I had, let alone, you know, I was barely getting by. So exactly. But I, so I've always been kind of, you know, I stand off when it comes to this topic. I'm very much pro-choice and. I, I, I'm pro-choice for everything. You want to support Trump? Knock yourself out. You want to do this? Knock yourself out. Like, it is your right to choose what you want to do. Period. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this is the part where I'm going to talk about, Justin and I are going to talk about sexual education. So I'm going to talk about a regular period. Some of you saw this on my timeline on Instagram, and I actually did have my medical books while I was using to explain this. 
But I want to reiterate, this is for a normal period. This is not for those that have polycystic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, or any other disorder that causes the period to be irregular. And a regular period is every 28 to 30 days. So say you start your period on the 1st, right? You'll begin to ovulate on the 14th, but you ovulate anywhere from 24 to 72 hours. So the day before, on the 13th, and through the 15th, you're ovulating. Then you should begin menstruating again on the 28th through the 30th. Sperm ejaculated into the vagina can stay alive for up to six days. Remember that. Get rid of your period tracking apps and track when you have sex, both protected and unprotected. Track when you're supposed to ovulate, etc., on your calendars. And now, because I mentioned unprotected sex, let's talk about that. Jess, have you ever had an STD or an STI? Oh, you guys ready for this one? This is, this is some tea. You ready for the tea? Yeah, because I got some too. Ooh. Okay, so in my younger years, we're going to go with that. Um, let's see. I have had the earliest one was HPV. I had that in 2005 up until 2017. I'll go into more detail about that when I go over my stuff. Um, I've had chlamydia probably about five times mm-hmm. and then gonorrhea twice. For sure. Um, I also had trichomonasis, which a lot of people don't know about. Right. So I'm going to talk about that as well briefly. So that's my quick rundown. And those are STIs. So when you have unprotected sex with a new partner, you are allowing new possible vaginal bacterial flora to be introduced to your vagina, ladies, because men also carry vaginal flora from one to the to the other one. Right. So from that chick to yours. Um, While it may not cause an STI like chlamydia or gonorrhea, it can cause things like bacterial vaginosis, which causes you to stink. And it can be super difficult to get rid of. So, again, wrap the willy before you get silly. But I've had, I've had BV as well. Guys, it smells literally like pus coming out of your vagina. It is yeah, it the smells, worst. It smells deathy. It smells yeah. deathy, right? But So, guys, the- if you smell that coming off a woman... Just know you probably did it. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm always amazed when I'm sleeping with a partner and, you know, they like nutted me or whatever. And the next day, it doesn't stink. I'm like, no, did I just find my soulmate? Like, right. what? Right. I, I mean, there was this like one yo. time, like, one of my exes, like, his cum did not smell at all. There was no smell, there was no taste. It, I thought the same thing. I was like, well, this is the one I'm supposed to like be with. Like, wow. Like, exactly. It was interesting because even going in between, like there was this one partner I had and it didn't matter how many months it was in between or if we were consistently sleeping together. I always ended up with a UTI every time, every time we had sex and, and a yeast infection. Like it just something about his body or whoever he was fucking mm-hmm. with would throw off my chemistry. Yeah, it would throw off your pH balance. Um, So what is the difference between an STI and an STD? So an STI is a sexually transmitted infection. So chlamydia, gonorrhea, it's bacterial, not viral. So these can be treated with antibiotics. If left untreated, you can get PID or pelvic inflammatory disease, which PID can cause irreversible damage to the female reproductive system, including infertility. 
This is why getting regular STD screenings is essential, even without exhibiting STD or STI symptoms. And that's the truth. A lot of STDs and STIs are spread because you aren't showing symptoms of having it. So I think like, okay, so a couple of years ago, I was getting tested pretty regularly. Like every, every three to four months I was getting tested. And this one time I had a condom break on me and I was already due for a checkup. I went, I got a plan B. I made sure that was covered. I was like, no, not happening. And then, (laughs) and then at my appointment 10 days later, mind you, I was working at a, at a hospital at an ER. Okay. And, and trauma center. And so I went up for my, my usual SED checkup and you know, the next day they were like, they called me and they go, Hey, you came back abnormal. So we need you to come back in. So I'm fucking, you know, they just did my, the scraping of my uterus. And I was like, okay, what if that showed up abnormal? And now I have like HPV or something. And so they were like, Oh no, you just have chlamydia. And they were, and I was like, what? And they were like, yeah. So essentially like I had sex, you know, the condom broke nine days later, I had my appointment And at that appointment, they caught it very early. So I was able to like, it was before I was showing any symptoms. So I'm so grateful for that because like I said, I was working at an ER and I was seeing chicks coming in with really bad cases of chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, all of that stuff. So I'm super glad that I was able to get that cleared and covered. But now, so the difference now, you know, from an STI and STD. So an STI is bacterial. You can get antibiotics for it, which they'll give you a Z-pack. And now an STD is an incurable disease. It means you'll have it for the rest of your life. HIV, AIDS, HPV, herpes, which a lot of people don't know this, but men are actually the carriers of HPV, which is the human papillomavirus. They're the ones that give it to women and it can cause cervical cancer. And Jessica, this is why I wanted you on this week's episode, because you and I talk about so much that even for the 20 seconds that we're actually serious, we cover a <laughs> lot of ground. Excuse me, right? Yes. yes and definitely. this is something that you wanted to talk about. So what's an STD that spreads super easily and takes weeks to show up on an STD test? Okay, this actually takes even longer than weeks. So mm. there, there's three of them that I'm going to talk about. So the, the first one is going to be the most popular. So you just mentioned the HPV. HPV can lay dormant in your system for years. I actually tested positive for it in 2005. And because I wasn't as educated as I am now, I freaked out because what does HPV sound like? It sounds like HIV. It is the most transmitted in the world. It is the most common. So if you at some point have been sexually active in your adult life, you probably have been exposed to it. Now, men are the carriers. So you... Men can have symptoms because there's different strains of it, but right. nine times out of 10, they don't. They're just passing it around. So, I mean, there's there's millions of strains of it, different types of strains, but basically it's either going to have you have genital warts or it's going to cause you to possibly have cancer. Mm-hmm. Most women, if they eat right, if they're healthy, they're not smokers. Most women, HPV will actually go dormant again. It won't pop up on your test. However, stress can trigger it again. So 2005 all the way to 2016, I was going in every six months for colposcopies because they want to check and see if it has progressed into the cancer phases. 
it's very uncomfortable procedure, but it, I think it's necessary, you know, and now they've actually spaced it out to once a year instead of every six months. The cancer side of it is a very slow process. So as long as you're staying regular with your checkups, making sure you're staying diligent with that, it's not so much a concern as people would think. So if you guys come up positive for it, don't freak out, stay calm, educate yourself. So 2016, I had gone through a very rough year. I had two car accidents. You know, everything was just very stressful that year. And it actually turned precancerous. So what they did yeah. is they did a leap procedure. And I, I believe the stress is what triggered it, you know, because it was just, it wouldn't go away. And the doctors didn't understand. I'm not a smoker. You know, I'm overweight, but I'm, for the most part, I'm pretty healthy. Why is it sticking around so long? So they did a leap procedure, which they basically remove the tip of your cervix and then they cauterize the area. So they will literally <laughs> burn. Yeah. I was out cold. <gasps> they gave me some good drugs. So yeah. But doing- <laughs> still, that just sounds like, fuck, you know, imagine being in the yeah. old times and not having yeah. the pleasure of like, and, you know, back in the day for anesthesia, I know this is so ADD of me, but they would just chloroform you. And if you woke up during your procedure, they would just chloroform you again. Like there was no like, fuck, dude. Can you imagine waking up with like, it's insane. Uh, I can't. Um, I will share with you one of the, the crazy parts is one of the OBs, you know, they, they took a look at my cervix even before the leap procedure. And they thought I had already had it because I had so many colposcopies then. Uh, I mean, we're talking every six months from... Mm-hmm. 2005 to 2016 they're taking little samples you start scarring in your uterus you know you start scarring and that's that's painful you know so in a way it's almost like you have endometriosis how's your period is it painful um no actually it's not and the older I get the lighter it's gotten oh good um I think my cervix is (laughs) stood the test of time with all the things I've gone through with it oh my gosh um but after they did that leap procedure, it no longer pops up on any of my tests. So oh, nice. I don't have any more abnormal paps or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I believe it still stays in your body, but it's not, it's not activated right okay. now. So that's, that's HPV. That's kind of my rundown of it. Um, it, it honestly, it's, you know, it got to the point where like, I didn't even tell people because it's so common. Everybody has it. And the doctors will tell you, you don't have to disclose that information. So do your research guys on that. If you do pop up for it. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about was the herpes because of my recent possible exposure. (laughs) Yeah. That was when you told me that I was like, yo, what the fuck? And you were like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was herpes. And I was like, what? Girl. Yeah, so guys, <laughs> this, this is this is why I say do your research. And I know I'm talking about it so nonchalant, but I have done my research over the years. You know, I, I dated someone years ago that had herpes and he took care of his body. He was very smart about it. Um, like I told you recently, I found there's a woman on Instagram who who is positive with the virus and she teaches and educates how to live with it, how to you know, maintain it when you do have a breakout and how to have a healthy sex life with it. Mm -hmm. So yes, I speak very nonchalant about it, but I've done my research. Um, So I have HSV1, which can also lie dormant. um, And the thing that 
I've noticed is that when I'm super, super stressed out or I have a cold and and that's why they're called cold sores, because it's usually when you have a fever that they'll break out. And I learned that taking curcumin, which is a vitamin of sorts, helps with breakouts. And so there's this chick on TikTok that has genital herpes and she talks about, you know, taking curcumin and she stitched this video of this chick that has a cold sore and she pulls up her her curcumin and then the chick with genital herpes is like, see, I'm telling you guys, it is the same thing. The only reason that HSV2, because she's trying to make it more, you know, she's not trying to be the spokesperson for genital herpes, but at the same time, she's just trying to be like, look, if you take your meds, if you're taking what you're supposed to, there is less chance, not just of an outbreak, but of spreading it, correct? Right. Yes. And so thank God for her, because I've learned a lot about genital herpes from her videos and right. she has been amazing. And I'll, and I'll tag her in the description below as well. And the craziest part is that my mom gave me HSV-1. And you guys are probably like, ill, what the fuck? But I remember being eight years old. My mom had a cold sore and she kissed me on the cheek, but she kind of missed it. And she kind of kissed my lips as well as my cheek. And so since I was eight years old, I have HSV-1, which is I now get cold sores, you know? So that's pretty much how that happened. Yeah, like... So let me just break it down. So HSB1 is, of course, the cold sores in the mouth. It is the oral herpes. Then you have HSB2, which is your genital herpes. And HSB2 can only be transmitted through sexual contact, whereas HSB1 can be transmitted very simply by kissing, you know, or sharing a cup with someone. It, it, it can be transmitted that way mm-hmm. um I do have a friend who has it as well her breakouts are really bad and it is usually when she's stressed out so yeah and that's why they say don't kiss body. newborn babies mm-hmm. like do not kiss newborn babies if you have HSV1 mm-hmm. please do that baby a favor because it because their bodies do not have an immune system and it is so hard for them they break out poor little babies like they break out so so badly and their yeah. bodies still can't fight it so I'm sorry, go ahead. A lot of the misconception, guys, is that you have to have a breakout to transfer the, the virus. And that's not true. You you can have the beginning stages of a breakout and give the virus to someone. So unfortunately, I believe the way that it's spreading is people don't even know they have it. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't know they have it. They don't do their due diligence. They're not getting tested. Um, because the people that do have it, they're aware of it. They're taking care of their bodies. They right. know when they have a breakout, you know, mm-hmm. they know, Hey, from this time to this time, I can't be sexually active. Right. Condoms do not protect you from H- uh, HSV. It does not protect you. The condom covers the shafts of the penis, but they're the whole area. genital area can carry the virus so the so, pubic area um the balls the taint all of it and yeah, the inner thighs and you can transfer hsv1 and turn it into genital herpes if you kiss someone in the genital area while you have a cold sore yes now you do have to have let's say an open sore to open sore contact to transfer the virus but don't think that that protects you because women when we have sex we do get very microscopic cuts inside of our vaginal walls. 
And that's enough. That is enough for the virus to move into our bodies. So those are some of the misconceptions that I definitely wanted people to know about, you know, and guys, if you test positive for any of these, don't beat yourself up. You know, you could have had it or been exposed to it years ago, years ago, and you, you won't know. And with as sexually active as everyone is in the world right now, you know, be kind, be kind to your partners. Um, I keep a list of the people that I do sleep with, because if for whatever reason, something does pop up, hey, I'm telling, you know, three people behind, I'm telling my new partner, like, hey, go get tested, you know, have the conversations. What I'm getting really upset about now is when I go in and ask to get tested, they want to know if you have symptoms. They won't test you or, you know, the, the medical will not pay for the, will not cover it. They want you to have an outbreak before they test you. And I think that's outrageous. I think if you walk into a clinic and you're like, hey, I want to have STD screening done. No problem. It should be done. You know? Oh, that happens here in Texas, especially if you go to like a, a clinic. Maybe it's because Texas is so big that, you know, I mean, like there's free HIV and AIDS centers that you can go to and get tested. Um, And there's, you know, Planned Parenthood will, or they did because Planned Parenthood, you know, goodbye, but they helped pay for, for that testing. Like, and they'll, they'll test you for everything, everything. Yeah. So that, that's what I wanted to bring up. So that trichomonasis, um, this was actually something that I tested positive for a few years ago. And the only reason that I even knew about it is the ER doctor. She was like, hey, there's this thing that you have to do this different test to, I guess it's like a drop test or mm-hmm. something like that. Right. Um, and that's how that popped up. So this one, is, th- there's definitely, when you go in to have a screening done, guys, you got to ask for a full panel a full panel test me for everything because mm-hmm. when you go in and you just say I just want an STD test they're testing for chlamydia gonorrhea HIV that's it but there there's a whole gambit of other things out there yeah and a lot of this testing you guys it's not blood a lot of it is urine and sometimes they'll swab your genital area I know for men um they'll swab the penis so um but yeah a lot of it is just a pee sample so it's quick it's painless just just do it you guys just do it just nike it guys just nike it oh my god i've been saying that a lot now i'm like yo just nike it just fucking do it like so my my toxic you want to know my toxic side to this though that is i don't ask people if they get tested till after i had sex with them oh my god <laughs> jessica that's literally the uh, first question i ask people i'm like have you been tested? How long has it been since you've been tested? You know, or I just make sure like if it's just a quickie, like there's not going to be any oral foreplay. We use a condom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're still under construction, but like I said, I get tested all the time. I literally just got tested two weeks ago. The face palm I'm doing right now. (laughs) Oh my God. I will say, however, I don't have as many partners as I used to. So, you know, we're growing. Okay. Luckily, luckily, I have not had anything for years. So, I mean, it, it honestly is Russian roulette, guys. It really is. You know, and people can go years 
and not have things pop up. So, oh, yeah. And that's just like HIV and AIDS, you know, you'll have the virus and not show any symptoms until, I don't know, six months in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There is a page that I follow. I I really don't want to mention her name because she just got another bit of bad news recently. But Mm -hmm. I mean, she she has an amazing HIV story and she's actually healing herself um, holistically. Right. I mean, it's it's not the death sentence that people think it is. It's not like the 70s before this thing even had a name. I would really love if people would stop just making people feel bad, like stop telling people they're dirty. Stop telling people that. Like, it's it's not dirty. You made a bad choice or your partner did, okay? It doesn't mean that it's the end of your life. Now, if you go with it untreated, then yes, it could cause repercussions later on. But, you know, you have to be able to take care of yourself. And yes, it may be embarrassing to have to go and ask for a screening. Yes, it may be embarrassing to be like, yo, I have this. But There's actually a law now that if you have an STD or an STI, you have to contact the person that either A, gave it to you, or B, the next person that you sleep with, or the people that you slept with when you contracted the virus because, or, you know, the bacteria, because at that point, you are putting other people's lives in danger if you do not tell them you are currently unavailable temporary or temporarily (laughs) unavailable you know your your gens are just you can't go there but yeah we're talking jail time guys you're you're playing with people's lives you're You're playing with people's lives exactly it is jail time so you know just be aware be aware of your body this is what i tell my kids you know be aware of your body listen to your body if something is telling you something's wrong go get checked it's i know sometimes it's a little expensive but just to be on the safe side, just for peace of mind, you know? Yeah, I can tell you for me, every time I had something, I knew I had it. Mm-hmm. I knew I had it. It's like either your smell is off or your cramping is different. You you just, you kind of just know, like if you're in tune with your body, which I'm very in tune with my body. I don't know if it's the hypervigilance from the anxiety. I don't know. I don't know. But I know when something is off. And guys, this is even even just the, the BV, the bacterial vaginosis or the yeast infections, or, oh my gosh, all the things I had to do. I had a Bartland cyst. Have you ever heard of a Bartland cyst? No, what's that? No. Okay. So one of the glands that causes the beautiful lubrication in my vagina mm. swelled up to the size of a golf ball. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. So I had to go in and they- awesome. Yeah, Bartland's Bartland's cyst guys, look this shit up. I'm not making it up. And they had to um cut, like they sliced it for it to drain, and then they put in one of those balloon things to make a drainage. And then it was good for a few months. And then when I was pregnant, I was nine months pregnant, and it it inflamed again. I almost kicked. Oh my fucking god. Okay, just did you look it up? (laughs) Beware, you guys, when you're looking this up, okay? Because trigger warning, trigger warning. Oh my god, right? Right now, I had the ER doctor, my feet were on the stirrups, and she reaches in there and squeezes the shit out of this. I almost kicked her, Ruby. I'm telling you, but whatever she did, it never came back, it never came back, and fuck. 
it's just one of those things, guys. This is not an STD. This is not an STI. <sighs> it is literally just a gland. But yeah, I've I've gone to. I was laughing with the ER doctor like the last time I had a UTI because apparently my body hates anything, condoms, different soaps. I look at the sky the wrong way and I get a UTI. <laughs> so I just okay. So you know, uh, while I was in in my nursing classes, I learned that when you're allergic to bananas, you're allergic to latex. And so I was like, dude, that's why after having sex with a condom, I puff up. Like, I I never knew that. I just thought like, oh, I'm raw from getting my pussy, like fucking, you know, pounded into the pavement, you know, but no, it's because I'm allergic to latex. So I have to use the non-latex condoms. You got that animal lamb skin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm allergic yeah. to um, always pads. Oh, I can't use always pads. Whatever is in the pad, it just yeah. There's not a okay. Good so, ladies, also something else that can set off your do not douche for the life of God. Do not douche. I know that you're thinking oh, yeah. that the vagina Ooh. is a beautiful, wonderful host. The vagina is a beautiful, wonderful, hostile environment. Um, as soon as anything foreign goes in, talking about, you know, sperm or anything like that, your vagina starts to attack whatever is going in. That's why they say, you know, the, the fastest swimmer or whatever, the strongest swimmer, because your vagina, the bacteria that's in your vagina literally attacks anything that's going in there. So anything foreign. And so do not douche because your vagina is already a self-cleansing organ um, so if you put pads or tampons with scents in them, it will throw off your pH balance. It'll make you irritated. It'll make you itchy. It can cause a yeast infection while you're on your period. So just be aware of those things. Anything scented should not be going inside of your vagina. So those douches with, you know, like lily scents or whatever, don't use that stuff. If you have a yeast infection, go get Monistat. Monistat is also really good for pimples and all that other gross shit that that happens on your face. If you have blackheads, ingrown hairs, um, spots, you can put them, you can put that monistat all over your body as well. Yeast grows in different areas of your body. I remember one time we had a woman come in through the ER with yeast under her breasts where she wouldn't dry her boobs after taking a shower and the moisture would stay there and yeast would start to grow and so she was in pain because of this yeast so just remember moisture in the body is natural it's normal what's not normal is shoving things with scented stuff inside of your body that is not normal now lubrication that's fine afterwards wash it off but please for the love of god pee after sex so you don't give yourself a uti and just overall have you know a very healthy hygiene what's it called regimen yeah just have a hygiene (laughs) regimen and you know don't wear super super tight panties and also switching your detergents and switching uh switching your soaps can also um irritate you so the er doctor actually said even black underwear what yeah he said the best underwear to wear is the ugly white granny panties uh yeah I've heard that too and I was like lol no but I have noticed that like when I wear super tight lacy panties which I have to go panty shopping because my my panties are starting to fit me really loose but I've noticed that when I wear super tight lacy panties 
there is definitely a different smell. I don't know if it's my sweat. I don't know what it is. But yeah, there's definitely like, I'm like, okay, time to switch these out. Yeah, there was this one brand that I used to wear and it was like, it would cause me just irritation all the time. Yeah. Um, One more thing I wanted to add. So I was, I've been a huge advocate for the menstrual cups Mm -hmm. and the menstrual discs. Because they're amazing. You know, you put them in, you wear them for a certain amount of time, you take them out, you can have sex, you can swim. However, um, in the last, I want to say six months, I keep popping up with UTIs and I'm not doing anything different. Like there's nothing. So this last time that I went in, she's like, she tested me and she's like, look, you, you don't have a UTI. Like you're not showing any symptoms. It's not popping up on the test. So I, I did a little more research. I looked up, you know, the cups. I'm like, okay, well, that's the only thing that's constant. And the cup can actually push against and block your urethra from the inside. Yeah. So if, if you guys are using those and you're popping up with UTIs, maybe give your vagina a break for a little while. That's or good. when you're inserting them, make sure you're pushing it past the pelvic bone. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have it inserted the right way so it's not and I had to take it out. Like I, I took it out probably about two weeks now. I haven't had anything any issues with it so and that's the same with tampons you guys um please switch them out every four to six hours i know the box says every six to eight hours but just so you don't get yeah toxic shock toxic shock syndrome say that five times fast it's really hard right but all right y'all that concludes this episode of a slut with morals i'm your curvy host ruby may guys thank you so much for joining me today just or jessica thank you so much for joining me today can you tell my followers where to catch you Hey guys, so just try me seven on Instagram and Spotify. All right. And I'll have her link in the description below as well. Until next week, hit up the Patreon. It's just a dollar a month to find out what I'm up to. Check out the new merch drop that just dropped. Patreon subscribers already get a get go at the new merch on the online store with an exclusive promo code for 20% off. I love you all. Thank you so much for letting me be the voice in your ear. And I cannot wait until next week. Once again, Every day is a good day to be better than who you were yesterday. Okay? Thanks. Bye.